Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of On Point. This episode is again with John Stallone and getting back to what a lot of you started listening to the podcast, really nerding out on some of the arrows and specifications and the tests that we've done, I've done, and just arrows and gear. And I know that a lot of you really love to hear about that stuff. And so this will probably be a really refreshing episode for you that really want to hear about some of the things that we talk about for arrows and preferences, light versus heavy. And we don't really get too far into the debate here. Uh, John and I are really similar when it comes to our arrow setups. And throughout this episode, I caught myself laughing and smiling because just hearing him speak, I'm just like, yep, same here, same here. Yep, me too. And uh, it's just kind of funny how guys who really geek out on these things uh, or and especially just really want to find what's the best setup for them, they really start honing in on happy medium. And I really want you guys to catch that and really just what is happy medium? That's a, that's a very abstract thing and it's, it's scenario dependent based off of your setup. But for you, what would be happy medium? And I'm not telling you whether that's a mechanical or, or a, a fixed blade, heavy or light, but for you, what are you trying to fit into that five gallon bucket that you can't? You know, like what what's really important to you? And uh, I think this kind of really scratches the surface and we're gonna have to do a follow-up episode where we really dive in deeper and, and go over each other's results and tests and the flaws and all these things and, uh, and just really trying to get to the bottom of, of how we got to where we started. So appreciate you guys for listening. As always, John is a great person to pick his mind when it comes to these things. Him and I are very similar with a lot of the tests that we've done and I uh, really appreciate his perspective. So as always, guys, thanks for listening and I'll see you in the end. So I'm ready to go. I don't. I don't know about you, but I'm good to go. Go oh, sure. Go ahead. All right. Well, let's get this thing rolling. Let's start off with, and, and I know a lot of guys listen to your podcast. Let's get a start on who I have on today. So why don't you give me a, a elevator sales pitch of who you are, John? Um, John Stallone. I'm a conservation advocate, podcast host. Used to have a TV show, outdoor writer, guide, hunter, husband. <laughs> at Maybe not in that order, but that's uh, that's me in a nutshell, pretty much. I uh, I run Days in the Wild uh, podcast and uh, and my blog mostly now. I kind of uh, I've stepped back from a lot of things, um, but I'm here today to talk to you because I sit on the board for Howlful Wildlife, mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of the issues that we're facing right now out there it's it's petition season, you know, the, the first of the year. Um, all the all the crappy things start happening, and <laughs> and that's and that's when I'm even more more busy. What sucks is it's like right in the middle of my favorite time to hunt in Arizona right now, <laughs> right. and I've been I've been spending a lot of time doing this stuff and not uh, out there. So, but yeah, I was uh, you and I were talking earlier, and I'm like, man, we should try and do this, and then you and I were both busy hunting, and like it's just right. not a good time of year, and then and then uh, I was supposed to come to um. Arizona January and I just kind of just some things fell through and I just decided it was better if I just stayed uh, mm -hmm. in Oregon but next year um, I'm definitely if you guys don't change it all and, and you know screw the out-of-state guys from coming over it sounds like some things are in the works it's actually not going to screw anybody so real, we could talk about that real quick here sure what they've done is well they haven't done it yet but if they do go to the where where they're heading and if, even if it goes to a draw 
even if it goes to a draw, there's still going to be 10% allocation of tags. Only 10% of the tags sold here every year. Last year was different. It was 11. But 10% historically or less of the tags are sold to out-of-state hunters. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be about the same amount of tags available to you guys anyway. Oh, okay. The only yeah. thing that's going to suck is that if it does go to a draw, you're only going to be you're going to be uh, confined to either one unit or a block of units. Um, but there's, it's looking like they're talking about doing the threshold method, which is kind of like the way we hunt bears and and, uh, and lions out here, that the units will close once they hit a certain quota of deer. You know, Oregon, so, yeah. Oregon does a similar thing, um, believe it or not, with cougars, um, even though we have um, almost triple what we should have in Oregon. Um, it's just ridiculous. So... Uh, one year, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, we actually hit our quota in, in my home area. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was just like, really? Like, who the, I haven't yeah. seen one po- p- cougar pick posted all over the internet. And yeah. I, I think, um, and I could be probably wrong on this. It's um, probably better. They don't post any pictures it, anymore. It, it probably is, but I, I, and I, I'm probably outside of my wheelhouse here, but I believe the ones that they, they hire trappers, I believe that goes against our numbers as well. And I'm like, that would make sense. That's the only re- only way we're ever going to hit our quotas in, in at least in Oregon here. But we, we know we can't use dogs. Can you guys use dogs in Arizona? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So you guys at least can actually kill them. We we have to get practically get lucky. But um, so yeah, ho- hopefully next year, man, I'll, I'll be over in your neck of the woods. And and um, I was just talking to my dad about it. I'm like, man, we could be hunting coos or mule deer. Or, can you yeah. hunt javelina right now too? If you if you drew a tag, it's that um, Havelina. Well, there's there's a handful of units that are are on the OTC tag. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the metro units, so the metro area around Flagstaff, metro unit around Tucson and and um, and Phoenix. So it's about, and then there's a few real high population areas that are not high population, but I think it's. I don't think it's actually high population. There's, there's a few other units on there it's, and they're either doing it because they're trying to knock the number down or I don't know hmm. why, they have, but it's increased that number of, of, it used to only be like five units and now it's like eight, eight or nine. Interesting. Um, but yeah. And we only used to be able to take one a year. Now we're allowed to take two a year. Really? Yeah. It just can't be in the same unit. Oh, that's cool. You know, I, I know we're talking about some other stuff today, but I can't I can't start this podcast without pointing out the fact that out of everybody I follow on Instagram, I I relate to you probably the most with all your arrow testing and broadhead and, and just arrow stuff because I'm I went down that path and I'm like man you know that could be me when I'm his age and I could still be doing that shit you know like or. Your, or whatever, just but just seeing like the stuff that you're doing, it just totally reminds me of the shit that I do as well. And it's just like, man, him, him, and I would probably get along and have a really good conversation about arrows and and yeah, helicals and and we FOCs. Should do a, <laughs> we should definitely do a podcast on that, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I know we talked about it a couple of times. You know, getting together and and uh, melding the minds a little bit. Yeah, I'm actually sitting here playing with the front head right now. Oh, was that an annihilator? What was that? Yeah, it was exactly. Yeah. Right yeah, on. I've been I've been messing around with these a little bit again, uh, just to check them out on some on some certain things and yeah, yeah, they're a cool little broadhead. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I was uh I was fortunate enough to get my hands on some right when they were starting to come out, and I think I got one of the uh, regulars or the XLs. I was I was shooting the one twenty fives and and yeah. um 
Yeah, I liked them. I haven't shot anything with them yet, but I tested them, and they were just, yeah, they're fine. I mean, I didn't have any problems with them, but and I was shooting 60, 70 yards, and some guys were having some planing issues with the XLs on the 125s, but I mean, I, I, I never... I don't, believe in, I don't believe in planing issues. Yeah, so... I, if it's a well-made broadhead, meaning like it's got tight tolerances and it spins correctly and it's not like um, out of straightness, hmm. it's all tuning. It's I'm, all tuning. That would make it's, sense. You know, I, and I've, I mean, I've had, when I get really high speeds, it seems like it's just a little harder. Uh, oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's harder. There's, and I'm having a little bit of harder time with this last, last bow here that I've been that I got from Matthews. Mm -hmm. um, um, I actually had to go up in spine hmm. from 300. I'm shooting a 250 now, which I never did before. Um, but I proved it last year. And I don't know if you saw this and I didn't put a whole out whole lot out about it, but I got tired of people saying, Oh, that, that, that broadhead don't fly for me. I'm like, well, it's probably because you didn't tune your broadhead, your uh, bow rather, or you don't have the right arrow or, or something somewhere along the line. I built a dozen arrows and I took a dozen different broadheads. I tuned my bow and I have a very specific way that I tune things, but the easy route is by the end, I bear shaft tune and I bear shaft tune so that not just so that they impact this together, but the, the shaft and the the fletch shaft and the bear shaft are entering the target exactly at the same angle. There's no, you know, pitch mm -hmm. or whatever. And what I found was if you do have a little bit of left and right or up and down with your, you know, with the knock portion of it and it's impacting at the same spot, but the knock is like, let's say down and to the left. Mm -hmm. When you shoot a broadhead, that's where the broadhead is going to land down and to the left. Oh. From from your field point. So anyway, I went through and I, I shot 12 different broadheads and I literally had within a quarter of an inch the same impact with every broadhead. How far were you shooting? 60 yards. That's really good. Yeah. I You know, I, I, I would, I, would uh, I don't know how far you want to get into this, but, you know, I, I, I would question how many guys could shoot that good, <laughs> you know, to even well, be able to, to do that test, yeah. you know. True. Um, True. And, well, I, you know, and I did it with a hooter shooter also. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And, and and the thing is too, like I watched some stuff and I know you guys, you were involved with the guys that, um, what's it called? Yeah. The uh, born and raised guys. Born and raised guys. Yeah. yeah. They were doing it with a hooter shooter, but their hooter shooter setup was not ideal. No. Ideal. No, no, you're supposed to do and it wasn't, a few things and, different. But. Yeah. And so they weren't getting the results that they should have been getting. Um, and then I, so I went down a bunch of rabbit holes and, really just like I was all about controlling everything we can control and when I did my tests uh, and we did shoot with the Hooter Shooter out to 70 yards indoors hmm. uh, that was the other thing I didn't want any outside you right. know, wind or anything to to give me a different wind. man I I can't tell you how many arrows I broke like we were Robin Hooding with freaking you know big two inch freaking two blade Hmm. Like if you, that's when I came down to the conclusion that like, shoot what the fuck you want because if you learn how to tune your bow correctly, you're not you won't have a problem. You know, um, a lot of guys out there are broadhead tuning now. Like you know, that's that's a good way. I mean, when I was younger, 
before I shot mechanicals. So I shot mechanicals for, I was shooting Schwacker for a long time. Um, I'm shooting iron wheels right now, but, um, and that was based because of my testing. I decided to go with them, uh, not because they sponsor me or anything like that. Um, but the, uh, before that, I mean, one of my favorite broadheads was called a crimson talent. I don't even know if they still exist. <laughs> they're, they're still around. Okay. Unless it's a different company that picked them up. It was a helical. The, the blades are actually helical. They're, they're spun. And it, it looks basically like a muzzy broadhead with uh, curved curved blades. Yeah. Yeah, they're still around. I have them, actually. Okay. <laughs> I, loved, I loved those. I shot the shit out of those. But then the bows got a little too fast. But anyway, moral of the story is I, I never shot field points. I only, because I wasn't really good at tuning my bow. I would bring it to the bow shop. The bow shop would set it up. You know, they'd have me shoot it through paper, which was far, far more than most places would do. Right. You know, most places they just, they shoot it through paper and it's tuned to that guy who shot it. Right. Not to you. So, you know, I would tune it like that. And then, uh, then I would adjust my sight to the impact of whatever my broadhead was shooting. And I'd only shoot broadheads. I'd practice with broadheads. I had two packs of broadheads that I would shoot and then two packs that I would hunt with. And, you know, and that was it. And and that's, that's how I was up until, uh, I don't remember the year, but I remember the bow. I got my Z seven from Matthews and shit. I could, I, I shot a whisker biscuit before that up until then too. And I, I went to a drop away cause I couldn't get the goddamn thing to freaking tune. And, um, and that was really the first time I ever seen any real planing. Cause even before when I was, I was shooting the broadhead, but the impact difference was like, you know, it would shoot like three inches to you know two inches, whatever, not a whole lot mm-hmm. in a hunting situation that wouldn't have, you know, it, it would have still hit the pie plate at 60 yards. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but I, I couldn't get that boat tune. And it was a pretty big jump up in speed. Um, and then once I switched to a, a drop away and then I switched to, I first switched to rage and in my first hunt, the son of a bitch opened up on me like three times stalking <laughs> a deer. And I was like, Fuck, I gotta get rid of it. I can't, I can't do this. I gotta do something that's got a better. And this is before rage kind of fixed that they made better, you know, mm-hmm collars or whatever but they were better made heads then now they're not they're not nearly as good shit my one of my buddies shot one at a deer and it snapped on its shoulder like hmm. he he hit bone on the shoulder but it snapped but didn't enter it was like <laughs> it bounced off it literally bounced off it was the craziest thing anyway but um so i was i went to schwacker and then i had phenomenal success with the schwacker i got the bows you know it doesn't take a whole lot more to it doesn't take a whole lot more tuning than you you tune it with the field point when you're shooting a schwacker or you know a really good mechanical and um man I, I i was on that road for i'd probably shot that up until well two years ago i went back to 2000 not even really hmm. 2020 beginning of 2020 i really started going back to fixed blade i mean i killed elk i killed everything anything and everything in the North America that you can think of. I mean, I haven't killed a moose yet because I've had the tag twice and got skunked both times, but um, yeah, but every other big game animal that you can think of, I've put an arrow in except and that in a mountain goat. So I never had a problem, never had a problem. 
Um, you know, you talk about guys with FOC and, and total weight and this and that, man, my, I have, I have developed this philosophy and I didn't even know I had the philosophy beforehand, beforehand, but I, I'm a middle of the road guy. Um, and I, I like everything balanced. I, I kind of start with a speed and right now for me, that's 280 feet per second. And I build the arrow accordingly mm-hmm. to that. I don't give a shit. About, I mean, it all works out for me. Like I like to have about anywhere between 14 to 16% FOC. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm, yeah, la- I'm, I'm laughing because you're, you're, <clears throat> you, you, you and I are pretty much identical with the way, what you're saying so far. Yeah, I've, I, and I've done it. Like I've done it. I've tried it. I've, yeah. I've gone, I've gone the heavy FOC, you've gone the heavy arrow. And, and honestly, I haven't seen the benefit to it. Like I'm not aiming for freaking, I know. And I know you're trying to build there. People are trying to build for the, what if, like, if I don't hit right. what I'm aiming for and believe me, I, I've had, I had my share of freaking upsets and, and, and shittiness. Like I, I went through a really half the reason why I did all this broadhead testing and did, did all this vein testing and the arrows and all this stuff in the last few years is because 2019, especially, and half of 2020 really freaking screwed with my ego. <laughs> like, yeah, I went from a very, very high success rate to, I mean, still better than most. I mean, it sounds freaking conceited as fuck, but most better than most people. You know, I think the, you know, I think national average is like twenty percent, maybe. I don't even know what it is now, but I think it went up to twenty percent. It was lower than that, and for years with the bow, my success rate was eighty-five percent or better. You know, hmm. and I had like a fifty percent year, two years in a row, and I was like, that's still better than most. Yeah, hundred percent. This sucks, but I wounded a ton of shit, man. I was, it wasn't my, my success rate was down, not because I wasn't creating opportunity, not because I wasn't sending freaking carbon in the air. Cause I was, I won't, I wounded three freaking deer in, in Nevada on a tag that I waited seven years for. And I abandoned the hunt. Cause I was like, I, I'm fucking disgusted with myself. I got to go home. Like, yeah. well, I, I wounded one, went home, took a break came back five days later and in the first three days i wounded two more fucking deer and i was like really? you know what? i'm afraid i'm i'm i do not deserve a deer i do not deserve to kill another deer because i'm pretty sure two of those deer are gonna die the first one 100 100 gonna die second one i hit him real far back in the ham so i don't think mm. that he's gonna die but that's tough, man. And, and yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, and, and, and I figured it out. I, I know what the problem was, you know, well, for one, there were long shots and I wasn't as practiced as I normally am. And that's, that's people don't understand that archery is a very perishable thing. Right. You know, it, you could be the greatest archer one week and then, and not the next you know it's just no and a hundred percent a longer short of it Uh and i like to i like to tell people that you know effective ranges are great i mean i hold myself to an effective range and 
But that is also scenario dependent. If I have a 60 mile an hour wind, my effective range isn't what it used to be. Right. <laughs> like, don't, yeah, it's like, dude, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go wing an arrow at 80 yards with a, with a 40 mile an hour, a 30 mile an hour wind. I won't, I won't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if, if the wind's not that bad and I'm wearing some stuff that's just catching the wind and my bow just won't steady down. I mean, I've, I sometimes I'll just pull back on, on a, on a hunting scenario and it's like, like my buddy's like, you're going to shoot. I'm like, I don't know yet. You know, like, just let me figure it out. I don't know if I'm going to shoot. If you're making that decision that you're going to shoot that deer before you pull back, I think a lot of people have that mindset. And, and for me, man, I just, you know, I've let down, I let down on an animal twice which animal was that? Oh yeah, it was that buck. Eh, I don't have it up here. It's upstairs. It's a velvet velvet muley and and um, farthest shot I've ever taken. And I I think I pulled uh, pulled down at least once, if not twice. And then on the third time I shot, and mm-hmm. it killed it. You know, and and uh, my buddy's like, I didn't think you're gonna shoot. I'm like, if the pin settles, I, you know, and, and I can execute the shot, then why not? You know, if as long as you're, the deer's... you're a better man than most people, man. Guaranteed. Yeah, it takes you're better than me. Takes a lot of me. If I'm drawing back, I'm. I mean, if I'm drawing <laughs> back, usually I had that thought process before I drop draw back. But if I'm drawing back, I'm usually shooting. <laughs> well, I just I'm, I'm honest. I you mean, know, I've but, I've um, but I've been there so many times. Like I right. I, well, you know, I think I I just I don't know, man. I, I I one of the reasons I started rifle hunting is I just got target panic and I just wounded a million freaking animals with a rifle and it's just like. So, you know, you think a natural progression is to go to a harder um, method of take. I'm like, But for me, it's like I can just – I'm not that way with, with, with a bow. I, and I just – for whatever reason, I have uh, I grew up rifle hunting, and, and I know where the target panic came from. And, mm-hmm. and I just made my mind up when I grabbed a bow, I, I'm not going to do that. And I still get target panic with a rifle every once in a while. You know, like I just – I wish it – archery poured over into rifle but it hasn't for me yet but we're gonna get you some phoenix shooting bags you <laughs> i swear it'll it'll change your life it will change your life i mean i w- i was always a really good shot even as a kid with uh with a rifle i mean even with bb guns and shit like i was killing sparrows at 70 yards with my daisy <laughs> you know one one cl- one pump deal there but um i i used to limit myself I still do. Actually, now I try to get even closer just because I've been there so many times with a bow where I was like, man, I wish I had a rifle because I'm 150 yards away. Yeah, right. But, um, but I could shoot a 10-inch plate, you know, with – dude, the, the, the rifles that they build now are just – they're so – they're freaking ridiculous. Like, yeah. I shoot that Huskama system, the best of the West, and I could shoot 1,500 yards, like, without even – hmm. And like fast too, like I can go from target to target, target acquisition, and I don't even practice. It's crazy, and I'm not. I'm not saying because I'm like I'm awesome. The gun's just that awesome, and the Phoenix shooting bags. Mm-hmm. It, like if you learn how to use it, you're not must. There's no input other than the trigger squeeze into mm. the gun. Everything else is done. Like it's like on a lever system, basically. That's pretty cool. I, I'll have to explain it to you one day and show it to you, but it's it's pretty nuts. Yeah. Well, and I, they're super lightweight. Like I I I mean, for hunting purposes, I'll I'll I'm comfortable taking an animal at 700, 800 yards. Yeah. You know, a gun can do it. You know, if, the, if it's got the right power and uh, bullet, but anyway. Well, for um, and and just to cure my own curiosity here, what is your actual air? Do you even know what your aerospecs are currently for for hunting? Because yep. 
I do. I'd be curious to hear what you what you've settled on. And my current setup, because I was uh, targeting, I was in December. I was targeting coos deer. The only thing I did was change my point weight back to a hundred grain. Mm-hmm. But normally I shoot a one twenty five grain. Okay. Uh, it's a three hundred spine arrow. Mm-hmm. It's the Pierce Tor. So it's like okay. gold tips, top of the line. Um, and quite honest with you, I mean, they're excellent arrows, but I shot Pierce Platinums forever, which is the step down from them. And those are fine too. I've used those. Those are excellent for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did a bunch of arrow testing. I tested them like, you know, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> um, this arrow, I shoot it with a three old blazer, three fletch, three, three, three degree helical. I have them set forward just a little bit farther than normal. That's about, it's about an inch and a half forward or might be an inch. And I got to look exactly, but um, my exact specs, I believe this is 444 or 443. Yeah. 443 grains total weight with a 100 or a 125, 125 um, with the 100 there, like one, uh, 420 something. Um, and it's about, I want to say right under six, it's about 15 and a half or 15.75 FOC. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was hoping I had the arrow where I had it written on the side, but I don't, it's on my other bow, which is in my truck right now. Hmm. Um, and yeah, man, it's, I, my arrow builds have gotten, pretty sophisticated over the years. Um, I first been index all my arrows. Um, do you notice a difference when you do that? Absolutely. Don't mm-hmm. have to knock tune. Hmm. See, I, I, I started doing, I got the Ram. Do you have the Ram tester too, or the Ram spinner? Yes. Yeah, yep. I bought that and, and, um, I've worked up builds with it and without it. And I noticed I didn't need, um, as much, uh, knock tuning, but I still found, and it, maybe it's just that I'm still haven't perfected the method yet, but I, I still found that I had to, that I had to knock tune a little bit with most of my arrows, even though I started using, and I mean, you know, I'd mark the, I'd mark the spine. Then I'd put the stiff spine. Oh, the, yeah. I'd mark the, uh, the back, like the stiffest part of the spine. Uh-huh. And then I would, um, fletch accordingly. I'd put my odd fletching on that mark okay. and then, you know, and then I would, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I didn't notice enough of a difference to really for me to to either make that part of my process or not make it part of my process because i'm like man i didn't really i, I didn't really notice the difference but i don't know the ram tool is kind of <clears throat> tough um i think the fire knock one's a little bit better to be honest with you really um yeah the guys at Ar- arizona archery club have all of the all the ones they make mm-hmm. and the fire knock one is the most precise that i see the the ram tool if you're not paying attention I mean, you're just, you're sitting there spinning it and it's the way you spin it too. You have to touch it where the wheels are at. Otherwise you're putting too much input from your fingers. Yeah. And you really got to like, it it takes some doing to figure out exactly where that is. And here's the other thing. If you're not paying attention from shaft to shaft to shaft to shaft, because yeah, you're putting it on the stiffest spot, but the stiffest spot might not be the same stiffness as the other arrows. And you're, and Right. If you got a couple that, and with the tours, I haven't really found every once in a while I catch one that is, but like with the other ones, um, with the platinums and, and the regular pierce, I've noticed, 
you know, there's some spine inconsistency that you could, you can find. And if you call those arrows out, those are usually the ones that fly a little different, Mm -hmm. but you know, know, yeah, but they're not, they're not different enough. This is, we're talking, we're splitting hairs, you know, and, but doing what I do is I do the Ram tool. I put one mark with a, a gold, um, marker, and then I go and first bend index and I do that with a silver marker. And if those lines are line up, then that that's a definite arrow that I'm using. Hmm. If they don't line up, what the what the first bend index, excuse me, what that reveals more that more so than the RAM is a little bit of out of straightness hmm. of some sort. And again, right now with the with the tours, I can't I can't seem to you go to do first bend indexing and it'll it'll bend whatever way you like tap it because it, it just it's pretty consistent straightness so like yeah it, you know 0.001 or whatever it is you don't start noticing so you got 0.003 or 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 more then you'll notice it right away and they should line right up the bend should line right up and um i'll tell you what yeah it's made a big difference i i see some serious consistency and when we uh this is where i notice it the best we were doing uh testing and we had the hooter shooter and we had a bunch of arrows that we just fletched up just fletched them up no matter what which way just pull them out of box fletch them up didn't knock tune didn't do it you know the bow is perfectly tuned but we didn't do anything to the arrow and this was with pierce platinums and we shot it was 50 yards indoors and the group size was like with broadheads, mm-hmm. I don't know, five, five, maybe six inches. And I was like, eh, man, I expected a little bit better out of a hooter shooter, right? Right. So we stripped all the arrows, did the first bend indexing, and and we shot it. You know, we did all that, what we would normally do to set up how I set up my arrows now. We shot it, and the group size went to, I was cutting veins off every freaking arrow ruining arrows and then this is something i didn't know this is a neat thing we took out one pound backed out one pound off that bow and i shit you not i had i wish i had a picture of it i never know why i didn't take a picture i might have video some video of it but we essentially had four Robin Hoods. Really? <laughs> I believe it. I mean, I, I believe it. <clears throat> One pound. That was the difference. Yeah. That was the difference. That spine or whatever on that arrow. Just, a, just hard enough. That's why I, I always tell people like, oh, there was like, oh, but I want to have FOCs. I'm using 340s and I want to put 250 fucking grains. <laughs> I'm like, it's a spaghetti noodle. You're shooting a spaghetti noodle that is not going to, like I, I don't know if you know uh, Sam Ayers, um, the Wild Initiative. He has it a podcast. Uh uh-uh. uh nope. Super cool kid. You know he's a relatively late onset hunter. Um, he's always about like you know soaking up knowledge and whatever. He came to hunt elk with me, and I I took him. I guided him, and he showed up with his bow. And his bow, man, he was shooting 150 grain kudu, and I want to say he had a brass insert. 
on three forties and he's a 30 inch draw. And I was like, Oh Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, bro, these things, are, this is like a wet noodle. You can't, was he it. able to even group with them? Cause Kudu is pretty easy to, to get to he, shoot. He wasn't shooting really great when I, when he first showed up and, um, we weren't leaving. He would, he came into town a couple of days early and he, cause mm-hmm. he was doing some stuff and I had a chance to meet up with him before we were heading out for the hunt. And we went and tuned his bow and I broadshed, uh, excuse me. I bear chef tuned his bow with him in the field and he got a really, his group tightened up a lot, but like from my stand, I would, I would have been cringing. Like, but I mean, he had a, <laughs> he had a good baseball size group at 50 yards. So that, that is definitely, that's good. good proficient for hunting for sure. hundred percent. But I, I, I cringe like that makes me cringe. If unless I'm like whacking them all in the same hole, like I, it doesn't like, I, I can't, <laughs> it makes, it makes my skin crawl. You know, when I start stretching out 60, 70, 80, then that's okay for me to see a little bit, but like from 50 yards and under, if it's not like freaking hitting the same, right. You know, like two inch hole or whatever item, I'm, I'm like, it freaks me out. Something's wrong with the bow. Something's wrong with everything. Yeah, no, I never hear me. You. It's I, never me. It's the bow. Yeah. <laughs> you, you and I sound a lot alike because I, 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 I times out of ten, it's me. But um, yeah, yeah. But I never blame me. That's the <laughs> that's the key. That's the key to success. So no, yeah, actually, I, I got a I got a pretty cool story about that. So uh, years ago, I was teaching one of my cousins how to hunt with a bow or shoot shoot a bow and hunt and whatever, and. Um, man, he would have days he'd come out and he'd shoot and he'd have this excellent group. And I'm like, and then he put the bow down and I'd shoot and then he'd come back and he'd shoot and he'd have this freaking group that was all over the goddamn place. (laughs) And I'd be like, here, give me that bow. And I would pretend like I would screw around with the sight or the rest or whatever. And then I'd hand the back of the bow and I'd be like, okay, just, you know, follow through, hold the pin on, you know, through your shot after uh, don't drop that front arm until you see the arrow hit the spot. And then he would do that and boom, he'd have a great group again. And in my head, I'm laughing. Cause I know I didn't do a goddamn thing to the boat. He'd be like, Oh mm-hmm. man, you got it dialed in, man. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, and it's, just, it's, you know, so it's, it's easier to my this moral story. It's easier to blame the equipment. It is, yes. Yourself, because if you game yourself, then you got to figure out what the hell you're doing wrong. You know, that's the thing. And and there, yeah. there's days where I, you know, before season, like I'll I'll shoot really good, and then just one day it's like, man, something's off, something's off, and then I'll I'll be like, no, you're just gonna go home. You're gonna come back tomorrow. You're not gonna touch anything, and you're gonna prove to yourself two days in a row that either it's you or the bow. And then usually it's it's usually I come back the next day and I'm just pounding arrows again. It's like. You just had an off day for whatever reason. Something you you did something different. You weren't able to figure it out. You know you're human. You know, and it's just right. I don't know, man. I, I I've tinkered a lot, and 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 um, it's funny because you you and I have pretty much the same setup. My FOC is about fifteen percent. Um, I've been going. I, I'm about four hundred and seventy eight grains currently and 125 grain head i use blazers because that's all i've ever used i've tried other stuff i just always go back to blazers it's easy they're everywhere dude um, i did so much vein testing i, to <laughs> I saw that you had that radar throw up, throw up. So I, I can't tell you how many freaking arrows i 
fletched and stripped and fletched and stripped. And I had my guy, I had the guys at Arizona Archie Club doing several dozen for me. (laughs) I was like, I can't do all this by myself, you know? Yeah. I need help. Yeah. And I, I, for one, it, it came down to I couldn't erase 20 years of confidence. That was the biggest thing because in the end, I did find there was one or two that overall that I actually made it to the test that I actually made it to the final test where I was kind of like putting results out um, that performed better, you know, like had a little bit, uh, they didn't shed as much speed um, or a little bit quieter, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, But it wasn't enough to make me say, well, I'm going to jump ship and get go with these because they performed a little bit better in testing with this one. I've shot in super high winds. I've shot in like, you know, I go to South Dakota every year. If I'm not shooting a 30 mile an hour wind, it's a great day. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, so yeah. You know, here in August in monsoon season, you're stalking an animal and you know, though there's no wind and all of a sudden out of nowhere, it's 25 miles an hour and you're like, Oh, okay. But hmm. so you get, you, you know, it's just, and you got to practice and that stuff. Yeah. And like that. Hindsight, hindsight. Um, Cause I, I turned the corner, this year for sure. But last year I started turning the corner. I started talking on the podcast. You know, I've, I'm known as like a gear testing guy, gear guy, tuning guy. And it's like, man, I, 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 I don't feel like I'm helping people be successful. I feel like I'm helping them overthink everything. And so yeah. I started going like woodsmanship, woodsmanship, you know, just heavy on that. Like I, I haven't even done a bow review this year and that's how I make all my money on YouTube. Like I, I haven't, I haven't really had the desire to do any of that shit. And it's like, you know, I, I just want to help people go out and find success because if they can't even get themselves in front of a fucking animal, then right. your arrow setup doesn't, your tune doesn't even matter if you can't even get yourself in front of an animal. And so that's kind of, I kind of turned that corner. Yeah. And, and I, I've honestly, I've been more successful and way more happier. And I go yeah. onto all these threads and stuff and I'm just, you know, maybe I'll do like a popcorn emoji, but it's like everybody is going to argue about what setups better. I've, oh, of course. it's, it's, of course. I, and I'm, you already said it, happy medium and happy medium for you is different than happy medium for me versus Tim Gillingham, happy medium. Right. He, that guy's a freaking freak. That guy is a, what's his draw? 32. I don't even know what his draw is. He like, he likes super, <clears throat> he likes super light and super fast. Yeah. And, and but him and I, we're not, we don't butt heads, but we, we've had, pretty heated debates yeah I mean, well I his his many super, hours on the phone with him. right well his super light is still i mean what's his super light because he's his his draw is so long he's still yeah. shooting a pretty heavy arrow yeah yeah for sure yeah. absolutely you know and and i'm like man super I, light for him is what exactly for him for him and it's like man you know if he had a 29 he inch draw as much speed as possible if he had a 29 he inch has, draw would he still think like that or a 26 inch draw would he still think like that i i would challenge probably. that Probably not. I don't yeah. think he would. Yeah. So, um, and and I I, I I make fun of everybody because the light arrow guys are setting up to miss vertically, in my opinion, and the, and then the heavy arrow guys are setting up to miss horizontally. So they're like, I want to, you know, in case I make a bad shot. Well, the the heavy guys aren't thinking up and down; they're thinking shoulder blade, right? The vertical guys are thinking, I'm going to shoot. I have more room for air, you know, vertically, and it's like, well, you guys are in the same boat. You're just arguing over semantics here. The thing is, statistically, uh, and this is why Tim, I think Tim believes in having the fastest arrow because, you know, he's a target shooter. A lot, he does a lot of 3D and they guess at the target. But the number one reason, and it still holds, and I made sense 
years ago because we wouldn't have rangefinders. But now it's really it doesn't make sense to me now because we have rangefinders. <laughs> but still, the number one reason for missing is not knowing the exact distance to the animal, and so you're either guessing or you went with your last measurement, which was 40 yards and you walked a couple of yards or whatever. And now it's at, you know, 44 or whatever right. the case may be. And that's where the shot, bad shot comes out of. And so having a faster bow kind of helps you on that because you're yeah. so and the, 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 the animal that started the whole freaking craziness in my brain. Um, I was in Oregon. I was hunting with the angry spike guys. And me and Corey, uh, I forget, was, the fir- was it the first day? No, it wasn't the first day. Um, the first day I fucked it up. I ran into, <laughs> an, I ran into an elk and I, I just got a little too aggressive. Oh. But um, That's, hard, that's hard to do on Rosie's. You must have went right? full aggressive. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, I was trying to get to a spot. And I was trying to beat him to it. Oh, okay. About the same time. Oh, copy. Okay. <laughs> so um, anyhow, but I had this bull. And he had no clue I was there. He's freaking raking a tree. And I probably, I, one of one thing I could have got closer, but I got to a spot. I was like, I was at, I was at 57 yards and I still do to this day. I don't know what I did. I might, I think I might've picked the wrong pin, but regardless the, the, the outcome was, and I was shooting, I was shooting a Valkyrie setup. I had a 250, uh, 250 spine pierce, no pierce platinum or just straight up pierce. And I was shooting the 225 green Valkyrie short jag. I love that head. It's short jag. <laughs> right here in front of me. <laughs> that and the blood eagle. I really like the blood eagle though. Um, and then uh, I just had the, the aluminum outsert. So. I don't remember what the specs were, but it was like 500 something grain, 550 or 560 grain arrow, something like that. Um, and I know in my heart of hearts, if I was shooting my normal setup, we would have, I would have got that bull. I shot him and the, I watched the arrow go and it hit low, hit him, cut him, you know, probably three, four inches up the brisket. Mm. So like, Maybe I was thinking maybe I caught the bottom of the lung, but I don't know. He bled like a son of a bitch. We tracked him for a mile. And that's hard to do in a freaking Oregon, right? Right. You know, uh, and it, it was easy to follow to blood everywhere. Literally where I shot him, there was blood sprayed on the tree. I was like, all right, cool. Maybe it didn't hit as low as I thought it did. Mm-hmm. Um, but we never recovered that bull. And that's what started the whole thing. And, you know, <laughs> just let me. Well, it, it actually started before that because I wanted to be prepared for Oregon. I had so many conversations with Shannon and Corey about how many branches are in the way and deflection and this and that. And, you know, I know Rosies are bigger than, you know, bigger bodies than Rockies and yeah, whatever, you know, all this shit. And I'm like, and in my head, in the back of my head, I'm thinking to myself, the last bull I shot in Arizona, which was two years prior to that, mm-hmm. I shot at 83 yards with my deer setup, which is, was 420, 29 grains. Fixed blade? No. Really? Hmm. Yeah. My schwacker. And I got a pass through. Really? 
Yeah. So that's that's Tim Gillingham's thing. It's all about shot placement, right? Yeah. So and and I was like, man, if I was shooting my other setup, I definitely wouldn't have hit that low. I probably would have hit like at least three, maybe four inches higher than that, which definitely would have hit the bottom of the lung because it was right there. Yeah. And that was like that's what was going through my head. Like it was I was in one of those situations. Do I split the pin or do I go to the next pin? It was it was like 57 yards. So I shot it for 55. And 55 yards, that two yards on that slow of an arrow, that's a big difference. 100%. On a fast, on a fast arrow, two yards ain't shit. Like it's what, an inch maybe? Yeah. 50 yards? Well, I mean, those guys are all, um, and, and I like Corey and Shannon, but those guys are Valkyrie guys. I mean, those that's yeah. pretty much all they shoot. Well, so. they, they've kind of... <clears throat> They've kind of backed down their 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 thought process on that too. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, there's videos. I and I want to say there's videos um, where you can see there. You know, one of them make a shot, and you'll see their arrow ping pong through the trees, and that's with a heavy arrow too. I mean, if you hit a branch over there, yeah, a branch is a branch, man. I mean, it, yeah, you're not going through branches. That, no, no. Um, I learned that the hard way at freaking seven yards on a bear <laughs> in Colorado. <laughs> I thought I was going to get eaten. I'm like, okay, here he comes, here he goes, here he goes. I shot in my freaking arrow. You could see it in the video. It hits a branch and the arrow hits the bear sideways. Oh, and <laughs> slaps the, it. So like if <laughs> the side of this is a Schwacker practice head right here, but the side, the side bleeder hit the hit his shoulder and that made it made him drop like two little drops of blood. <laughs> and that was it. And I was like, oh. son of a bitch, man, I could have wait. I literally I could have just waited two more steps and he was going to come through that bush. Yeah. I, I I just kind of freaked out a little bit, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, man. I'll tell you this year after 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 what I seen this year, I might even go a little bit lighter. Um, and it's not because I wasn't happy with my arrow setup, but I I usually like to shoot just like you. Two eighty was like my two eighty to two eighty five was my my yeah. wheelhouse. That's what I liked. It's just everything right there. It's just everything I've ever tuned. I just it's just been right there at two eighty to eighty five. It just it's like the sweet spot for me for whatever reason. It's just. Everything goes well when I stay around there. And then um, I, I've been going down about 261 to 270. I've mm -hmm. been getting, you know, been earning back that speed by costing myself a little bit less weight. And, and I, you know, I'll probably go lighter this year because I shot that bull this year and I thought I'd already had an arrow on him. So don't judge me. Um, mm -hmm. But at, at uh, 62 yards, he was basically frontal. And uh -huh. I'm like, I'm going to put another arrow on him. So I did and I hit him perfectly and then i put another arrow in him at 62 again broadside and when i got up to him um and i never found any of my arrows they were all straight pressers even at 62 yards that came out right right basically caught the front of the of the uh of the left left ham i mean it just complete pass through at 62 yards i'm like how much how much weight do i need here because i'm i you know i could i could definitely i'm happy with that but I probably could have done that with 430, 440, you know, like I, I don't know what, how light I would want to go, but I'm thinking 450 and which I've killed plenty of animals at 450, 440. And it's like, man, I think, you know, four, 450 is probably where I'm going to be 460 this I think year. 450 is about, and, and I, I just told you a story about shooting one at 83 yards, but mm -hmm. 450 is where elk set up should be somewhere between 450 and 500, no more than that. Yeah, I I believe that. If you want to go super super heavy, you just know that you got to limit yourself. Yeah. Well, and I and I believe that for me, you know, if you're if you're um, like my buddy Brad Pally, he's got a thirty one and a half inch draw, some monster oh, yeah. draw, and it's like, yeah. dude, you yeah, yeah, he yeah. shoots a, th a, 
Yeah, yeah, he's a different pound, animal. Eighty pound bow. We're whatever. not the same. Yeah, yeah. yes, he yeah. does, and he's sure. shooting like yeah, five something faster than I am shooting. You know, I could shoot four hundred. <laughs> so it's like you exactly. bastard. I yeah. hate you. But uh, <laughs> Matthew's weak, um, and I I had that set up with a five hundred fifty grain arrow, and that thing was faster than my. Um, <laughs> I think it was my helium at the time and um and my helium i was only shooting like 420 418 or something like that um and uh yeah you know, it was 80 80 pounds or 85 pounds whatever it was and you know hmm. just i just i shot 200 chaos out of it it was a you know shooting rebar it was yeah. uh, <laughs> that was a that was a badass bow but it it, it didn't shoot like my slower more forgiving bow and even though i was way stronger back then um you know having a lighter you, you just got to find something that's forgiving forgiving all the way around for right. you man just happy, medium. happy medium happy <laughs> medium and uh, I, I told you about brad's uh uh bow setup and everything the guy's a freaking monster but he shot a bow i think it like it was less than 40 yards and uh didn't get a pass through broadside perfect and i was like how the hell did you not get a pass through he, he hit the first rib in and i think it stopped on the either the second rib it was gonna hit i'm like dude i've smoked through both ribs on bulls with less it's like and he was using a good broadhead and everything i'm like i, I don't know how to explain that because he was asking me i'm like I, I don't know dude maybe he had a vest so, on or something i don't know this is the nail in the coffin for me that had sent me spiraling so i was in argentina the first right before COVID hit or right when COVID hit i got stuck there for 21 days <laughs> um i my first the first uh stag that i stalked i got to 20 yards on it 23 yards and it was quartering away perfect and i shot and i was like oh my god that's terrible penetration like didn't get barely any penetration hmm. I end up killing that same stag like a week later. Luckily, luckily I got stuck there for 21 days. All I right. had to do was go hunting. We were stuck on the ranch. We couldn't do anything else because we pretty much went. I went hunting for the, I wounded two, hmm. wounded two at under 40 yards. Um, and I found out later that their ribs are way closer together and they're thicker, heavier, denser bones than elk. I was like, well, I shoot elk all the time. And like, they're mm -hmm. not, not as big as an elk. It's like, well, you don't understand their, their bone density because actually the biologist came by. That's but cool. um, yeah, no, which is cool. But that that was like, man, I got to find something different. And that's what made me actually, eventually I went back to, I went back to fixed blade because of that hunt. Hmm. I went back to fixed blade. But I can think of so many times where shooting a mechanical saved my ass too. Like, I mean, it's a two inch freaking blade that, you know, <laughs> yeah. giant ass freaking cutting diameter yeah. as opposed to a three quarter inch, you know, or whatever. I can't tell you how many times I like, I oh, so my coos deer that I shot in December last year, I put a little nick in his heart, just a little nick in his heart. Hmm. Otherwise, it probably wouldn't have been a fatal shot. Really? And, you know, and if I was shooting a fixed blade, there's no way because the big, big two blade just kind of clipped it and that was it Interesting. That, was, that was his demise and it took him freaking forever to die too huh. so it sucked well let's um let's let's get on to the topic that we <laughs> oh yeah we were on, we were on here to talk yeah. about something else weren't we <laughs> you, you, you get two guys that. like us on here and this is bound to happen but 
Um, and, and we could still literally have another podcast. And I've wanted to set up a podcast between a light arrow guy and a heavy arrow guy for a long time, like a debate. And I just love to be the moderator, like, and just like right. poke and prod each person a little bit. But um, so I would say before you do that, before you do that, if, if you do that, I should say, not before, make sure they have equal resumes in the killing department. Because in all honesty, like, if, if a guy hasn't, you know, if he hasn't, ha- and it's going to sound like shit again, but if he doesn't have a, a vast trophy room yeah, and he's talking about how great his setup is, and then you put him up against somebody who has a great trophy room, let's say, or, you know, has a, a, a really good resume behind him as far as, uh, you know, taking animals concerned, that that's the guy I want to hear. But I mean, right. of course, I mean, listen, of course, one guy could be a way better hunter too. You know, there's that, there's, there is that, but what I'm saying is I don't like to hear from people. I hate when people like want to tell you about how great something is and then they don't have any real world experience, real world experience with it. Yeah. Yeah. You might have the, you know, it might shoot through ballistic gel better than any freaking arrow you've ever seen in your (laughs) life. But right. If, if you haven't shot it in the field and that's and that, just going back to the, the blazer vein thing, that's why I went back to the blazer vein thing. Like, hmm. cause I have so much real, real world experience with it. I've shot it a million times. I've, I know when I fucked up and I know when I didn't fuck up and right. so on and so forth. Well, but, I mean, I can tell you a lot of the guys that I know that are killers are happy medium. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the guys that I know that aren't as much are heavier. And it seems like there's a lot of guys that are, brand freaking new that really don't know what they're doing and they're super light and it's like so it just seems like the guys you know people figure it out figure it out figure it out and they kind of just meet in the middle eventually mm-hmm. um and luckily i did that you know it didn't take me as long as a lot of folks but it just like i i've talked to guys that have a many 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 animals under their belt and they're like i don't know what the hell my foc is dude why can worry about that yeah like, like no. i was no. like you know and i'm like and that's when i quit worrying about it you know it's like i I know mine's around 15%. It's probably within half a percent of that. <clears throat> and, you know, you build enough errors, you can, you can kind of guess that shit. But it just, like, I would love to hear somebody that's an absolute stud, like you're talking about, on the heavy arrow side, and then take a, not even a Tim Gillingham, because he's still heavier than a light arrow guy. I mean, he's yeah. all about speed, but maybe he could put up that that debate, you know. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I've had that conversation yeah, I've had that conversation with a lot of people. I had me and Randy were talking about it. Um, Randy Ulmer, by mm. the way. Oh, that's what's he? And, is he a heavy arrow guy? Yeah, he's he is a heavier arrow. He's not super heavy. He's about a quiet bow. So in his eyes, shooting a heavy arrow gives you a quieter bow. True. And you know, we actually did a really good podcast with him. If you get a chance, you can listen to it. But we were talking about string jump and stuff and we got into the arrows and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll, you'll geek out on it. It'll be, it's, <laughs> it's a cool one. but yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't agree. I didn't agree with a lot. And it's hard to disagree with freaking Randy Omer, man. He's like, he's my idol, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, everybody, you know, failure, failure guides, I think what people use and, and if he, yes. you know, for whatever reason, had some bad experiences with a lighter arrow, even if it wasn't that fault, he's going to go the opposite way, you know, and and, what I was saying earlier and vice versa, you just find that you find fault in the equipment and you change it. That's, 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's what we do as nature. But I mean, and all the best inventions in the world have come out of necessity or a need. And that's, you know, right. that's how, things, that's how things are made. The guy who made this broadhead right here, he made it because he had failure with other broadheads and he wanted to come out with something that didn't have failure. Yeah. And, and then eventually you'll have failure with this and you'll realize that it's just. <laughs> I have a buddy who did on an elk and he switched. <laughs> yeah. It's just the way it goes. It is. But... All right, guys, that's this episode of the podcast. Be sure to go follow John if you don't already with uh, Interview with the Hunting Masters is his podcast. You can just type in his name on uh, Instagram, John Stallone. You can find him there. Um, been doing podcasting for a long time, hunting and very successful and, and just really appreciate his experience and what he's done. And uh, as I said before, we'll probably have to do a follow-up episode just because this wasn't even this wasn't even planned. This wasn't even the main topic. It was supposed to be about how for wildlife and we just uh, wanted to I just wanted to split that into two episodes. So um, outside of that, guys, appreciate you for listening, and I will definitely see you on the next one. Bye.